Hey, it's Angie Atkinson, and today at QueenBeing.com, we're going to discuss the Grave Rock Method and how to use it safely. Let's get started. So you're actually in a good mood for once. It's a rare gift when you're in a relationship with a narcissist. But as usual, the narcissist can't stand to see you happy. Narcissists ruin everything, don't they? This narcissist tries repeatedly to argue with you, but you foil him or her again and again. You finally give up and retreat to blessed dissociation. The only sanctuary you feel like you have from this toxic abuse. Before long, he or she is popping in and out of the room, desperately trying to pick a fight. Pretending to be light and breezy, maybe even charming. But just under the surface bubbles up this bile that he's about to spew on you. You can feel the narcissist's energy practically burning you as you enter the room. It's so intense you can almost feel him or her buzzing with vindictive venom, prepared to strike out for any infraction, real or perceived. The narcissist grows tired of being ignored as he or she needs to be the center of attention. From somewhere deep inside your head you notice he or she is yelling at you again shamelessly placing all of the blame for everything that's wrong in your lives squarely on your shoulders, as usual. He talks about how you're just like, insert insulting comparison here. He calls you lazy, stupid, not good enough. He or she pulls the trigger after trigger, literally trying everything to get your attention so he can unleash his pent-up narcissistic rage all over you and finally relieve himself or herself of the pain. He or she uses you like a drug to soothe the guilty and self-hating soul of a narcissist. As the bile is spewed on you, you are melted bit by bit. Now you make a choice on how to react. Now it's time that you learn how to use the gray rock method safely. Obviously, communicating with a narcissist can be incredibly frustrating, especially when it matters that they comprehend what you're saying. I can't tell you how many times I've felt exasperated when trying to have simple conversations with narcissists who have become agitated or who are actively gaslighting. They'll be thicker than concrete walls, intentionally trying to misunderstand you and assume the worst of you in every single word. You find yourself feeling hopeless, like you're unable to make your point, and if you're like me, it's especially frustrating because you probably have no problem communicating with literally everyone else in your life. I mean, honestly, this has happened to me more times than I can count during conversations with narcissists, and I literally am someone who communicates for a living. So a while back, I wrote a post about the only way to effectively communicate with a narcissist, and in my experience, it's the truth. In that post, I mentioned the gray rock method, so I thought I'd offer a bit of background and explanation on where it came from. So let's talk first about who invented the Grey Rock Method. As far as I can tell in my research, it was invented back in 2012 by a person named Skyler in a, in a, in a post she wrote on her blog. In, the, in part, she says the Grey Rock Method is primarily a way of encouraging a narcissist, a psychopath, a stalker, or other emotionally unbalanced person to lose interest in you. So how does the Grey Rock Method differ from the no contact rule exactly? Well, Skyler says the difference is that you can't blatantly try to avoid contact with the disordered individual. That's the difference between gray rocking someone and no contact. Instead, she advises that you only allow, con you allow contact but only give boring, monotonous responses so that the mentally unwell person must go elsewhere to get their need for drama gratified. That's good stuff. Skylar adds, one might say that gray rock is a way of breaking up with a psychopath by using the old, it's not you, it's me, excuse except that you act it out instead of saying it, and the psychopath comes to that conclusion on his own. So why does the gray rock method work? Well, according to Skylar, there are gray rocks and pebbles everywhere you go, but you never notice them. None of them attract your attention. You don't remember any specific rock you saw today because they blend with the scenery. That's the type of boring you want to channel when you are dealing with a psychopath. Your boring persona will camouflage you, and the psychopath won't even notice you were there. This method strikes at the heart of the psychopath's motivation to avoid boredom. So what are the most important components of successfully using the Grey Rock Method? Rule number one is that when it comes to practicing the Grey Rock Method, 
you never tell the narcissist that you're doing it. Don't ever say, I'm going to gray rock you, because that's never going to work. And if you do that, he will definitely figure out a way to use it against you, or she. Um, so, you know, you don't want to ask questions of the narcissist, and you don't offer committal responses. You just say things like, mm-hmm, or hmm, and you keep it casual. If possible, you discuss only safe topics, such as the news, social media, fashion, cooking, etc., things that would not be personal, even if the narcissist begs you for a confrontation. Drama-free is the way to be, my friends. So you want to try to be sort of distracted during a conversation with a narcissist so that you don't have to directly look them in the eye the whole time. Maybe something simple like doodling in a notebook or checking your text messages, or something more complicated such as knitting a scarf or working on a document for work. If you focus a bit more on your activity, you won't be as directly affected by the narcissist's attempts to manipulate you during the conversation. Most importantly, during this practice, you have to keep your head in the game and don't allow the narcissist to get inside your head. They are expert guilt trippers and they have no qualms about making you feel bad so that you have to justify or try to defend your intentions. Don't fall for that trap. So what else should you consider before you try the Grey Rock Method? One important thing to know about the Grey Rock Method is that there is a level at which it can become unsafe for you to use psychologically. And that's when you begin to experience those symptoms of dissociation. A lot of people don't realize that these two things are connected, dissociation and gray rocking, but here's what happens. When you learn how to use this method and you find out how effective it can be, um, when it comes to dealing with your narcissist, you might find that it's a great way to deal with like literally everything that's an issue in your life. The problem with this is that you begin to truly stop caring and your ability to feel your own emotions actually diminishes. That's very dangerous for you. It's a major issue because you don't just stop feeling the pain and anxiety, but you stop feeling the good stuff too. If you think you're dissociating, it's time to take further action and deal with your narcissist. You can start by talking to a good friend or family member, or you, someone you can trust, or you can reach out to a therapist or a, special, a certified life coach like myself who specializes in this area. If you do want to talk with me, you can contact my office manager, Haley, at HaleyHelp4U at gmail.com. Um, and she will schedule an appointment for us. But you can also visit QueenBeing.com for lots of free resources. And if you go to QueenBeing.com span, you can join my free and confidential online support group. Okay, that's all I've got for today, but now it's your turn. Have you ever used the Grey Rock Method before? And if you did, how did it work for you? And what tips would you offer for someone who's trying it for the very first time? Please share your thoughts and experiences in the comments below. It really can help another survivor to literally change their lives. All right? So that's all I've got. Like I said, my name is Angie Atkinson. I'm a certified life coach, an author, and a survivor. Thank you so much for listening. And please don't forget to hit that subscribe button below. And, uh, and I'll see you soon. Have a great week. morning survivors and happy Thursday. Uh, today I'm going to talk to you about how to deal with criticism and difficult issues when you're dealing with a narcissist and specifically uh, in child custody cases and breakups. All right, so let's get started. So before I get started, I just want to tell you kind of a funny joke my kid told me the other day and it's really true. So two days ago I was wearing shorts. It was 70 something degrees outside and today, uh, well yesterday, I started to have to deal with this. So the joke is, in St. Louis, if you don't like the weather, wait a few minutes. <laughs> it's kind of funny, huh? So today we're going to talk about how to avoid reacting when you are criticized by a narcissist and you're trying to go through the gray rock uh, process in order to protect yourself, okay? Um, I had a client yesterday that I was speaking to who was incredibly antagonized by his narcissist who was using their child against them. It's a terrible situation. And so this video is kind of for him and for people like him who are going through a difficult time where they need to go no, uh, they need to go gray rock because they're still dealing with a narcissist due to having to deal with him because of a child or because they haven't moved out yet or whatever. And sometimes when you go gray rock, it's very difficult to not react when someone criticizes you, especially a narcissist, because they're so harsh and so pushy with it. All right, so I'm going to give a few tips today on that. All right, let's get started. But first, make sure you have your coffee. 
Mm. This cup, as I think I've told you before, comes from a place called Rockbridge, Missouri, where my husband likes to take the family for trout fishing. It's not really my thing, but it's mm -hmm. a beautiful place. <laughs> so I think we could all agree that it's safe to say that no matter where you are in life, what you're doing, you're going to get criticized for something or another, right? So whether you're a writer, you're an artist, designer, a chef, an executive, whatever, doesn't really matter. No matter who you are, you're going to get criticized. Would that be a fair statement? So with that in mind, uh, if you are if you struggle to receive criticism, which quite honestly, when we've been abused by narcissists, a lot of time we do struggle to um, to get, you know, to understand criticism and to deal with it constructively without allowing it to hurt us. And when we're dealing with a narcissist currently, uh, it can be not constructive criticism. It can be criticism that isn't even legit. So what could you, you know, what could you do? You know, the thing is, obviously, if, if you feel easily offended by criticism from the narcissist, which you may because the narcissist knows exactly how to push your buttons, um, this could obviously hurt your chances, you know, if you're dealing with a custody issue, if you're working with the person, hurt your career. Um, it could hurt your, ability, your, your entire ability to develop as a human being in so many ways. So a lot of times when we are upset by something, we have a tendency to react overreact, whatever. The narcissist, like I said, likes to push us past our comfort zone and make us feel really terrible about everything. And so they want us to react. They thrive on our emotion, almost like a vampire thrives on blood. <laughs> Does that make sense? Ultimately, though, you know, with when it comes to criticism, it's a lot better if we can get to a point in our lives where we have the ability to breathe, think on it, and then respond, not react. All right. So there are three very simple steps that we can take to, you know, put ourselves in a place to react properly to criticism, whether it's healthy criticism or not to give ourselves time and space to respond properly so that we don't mess up things. Okay. Especially when it comes to a child custody case, which as I explained to my client yesterday, if you are dealing with a child custody case, it's really not about you anymore. And it's not about the narcissist. It's about that baby, that child, and nothing else. Okay? And so we have to learn to feel business-like toward our narcissist and not personally affected. Because it's not about us, and it's not about our relationship with them if we are past the point of actually trying to have one, and we're trying to just parent or co-parent our children. So the first thing you want to do is make sure that you're on the right track. You know, make sure that you are living your life in such a way that they, that they cannot criticize properly or honestly. So, you know, make sure you're not doing things you're not supposed to do. Make sure, uh, you know, that if you're working, you're doing something you love to do. Make sure if you're, you know, whatever you're doing, make sure you're focused on it and that you're totally fine with everything that you're doing. Okay. And, you know, because the truth is, no matter what you're doing, if you love it and you're doing it properly, there's not a whole lot you can anyone can say to you about that. Right. So if your work is, you know, nothing more than a hobby you do or something you do to make money, it's going to be a lot harder to feel criticized by your work. In the same vein, if you're dealing with a child custody issue or you're dealing with a divorce issue, uh, you know, you have to stay focused on what's important is what I'm trying to say. Okay. And it's very difficult to do that when you feel so emotionally uh, distraught and raw. Uh, but you have to you have to change your perspective, and you have to realize that if you continue the way you have been going, it's not going to get any better. If you change the way you're dealing with it, it will get better. So, if what you're doing isn't working, try something new. All right. So the next thing you want to talk about, uh, the, well, I want to talk about, is you know you have to believe in yourself and what you're doing. Okay, so you should do something only if you truly believe in it. And if you have, you know, strong convictions about what you're doing, then someone else's criticism is not going to affect you so deeply. It will fuel your convictions instead of dismantling. Does that make sense? So it's like when I was going through my weight loss program and um, I lost 100 pounds. I, that's a lot of weight for a five foot tall woman, y'all. <laughs> it was bad. But my point is that when I was struggling with the hard times, if I, if someone, you know, 
if I felt like someone didn't like me because of my weight or someone actually commented on it or something like that, it didn't discourage me and made me go back to the kitchen and start eating again. It made me work out harder and faster. So it, you know, the point is allow it to fuel you in a positive way, not a negative way. Okay. And you will only receive criticism, uh, graciously if you can do that, then you'll actually be able to have conversations about it. Now, Obviously, in the case of a narcissist, this isn't always going to work. The third thing you're going to want to do is find positive in everything. I'm always telling you guys about how, do you, how you can, you know, look for the silver lining in every situation. Well, how is there a silver lining in a situation like the one I talked about at the beginning of this video where my client is struggling with a custody case? Um, you know, what's the silver lining in that? Well, the silver lining is that sometimes you learn that you're stronger than you've ever been and that you ever thought you could be. And, and you learn how much you do love your child and how much you can stand up and be an adult for your child, even though you feel angry or, or sad or scared or whatever about the narcissist. You have to change your perception. You have to look for the, the, the silver lining. Here's a silver lining in that case. You know, if you do what you need to do and you get your stuff together, you're going to have a relationship with your child. That matters, okay? So unfortunately, because of the fact that criticism and rudeness and disrespect from a narcissist can have a really negative effect on you. It, it feels almost impossible to move forward. But if you change your perception, okay, if someone's rude to you about your child, like your, your soon to be ex or your ex narcissist, well then, you know, as long as they're not directly uh, threatening you or your child, you know, especially you, you can say, that's very interesting. You know, if they say, you're, you're the worst parent ever. You can say, well, I'm sorry that you feel that way, but you're stuck with me as a co-parent <laughs> and move on. And don't allow them to ruffle your feathers. It's the gray rock practice on roids. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> it's imperative that you find the positive, find the silver lining, no matter where you can find it from, no, where, no matter who it comes from. If you have supportive people in your life, lean on them when you need to, but work toward being independent in your mind and otherwise. Bottom line, you're going to be criticized in your life by people in various aspects, various facets. But if you can focus on putting these steps that we talked about, these three steps into play, you will find that the terrible feeling can start to go away and you can begin to respond, not react. And you will be able to, you know, actually make sense of things and get what you want in your life instead of just reacting to what's handed to you. It's your time to stand up, take back your life. If you're dealing with a child custody case like my client, take back your child, <laughs> get connected, do the things you need to do. Over time, you know, you're going to actually start to be able to deal with this in a way that is very positive and even though it sounds a little crazy right now, you might even figure out a way to use that criticism to your advantage. So keep your head in the right place, okay? Remember, the object of the game is not to win. It is to just be happy to get what you want. When it comes to a child custody case, you're looking for, you know, joint custody. Well, all you're trying to do is compromise. If you're dealing with an unreasonable narcissist in that situation, the very best thing you can do is remain calm at all times, no matter what. And as I told my client, get out your phone and record every one of those uh, interactions in the meantime if you're waiting for the court to come back with a decision about your situation. All right, I'm going to wrap it up for today. I've got lots going on. Um, I'll be live in our um, University launch party later today. If you want to check that out, um, you can go to, I said it wrong the other day, I'm going to say it right today, queenbeing.com slash invite, I-N-V-I-T-E. Uh, go there and RSVP and jump in the group and you can hit me during the live session and uh, I'll see you later tonight for another video. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for being a part of my day and a part of my life and thanks for letting me be a part of yours. I'll see you soon. Good morning, survivors, and happy Monday. Today we're going to talk about ways that you can shut down a narcissist when they're going nuts on you. All right, so let's get started. I'm sure you already know you're dealing with a narcissist, but I thought I'd share with you a few Really quick identifiers, just in case, all right? So one of the first things you need to know is that a narcissist will expect you to always appreciate and uh, and admire them, no matter what their situation is and no matter how difficult they have become.
And of course, they overestimate their own abilities and underestimate the contributions and abilities of other people around them. And they also fantasize about unlimited success in whatever they do. That doesn't make you a narcissist if that's all you've got in common, because you also need to be able to compare yourself quite favorably with high-status people, assuming that, that only those special and awesome people like that will actually, truly understand and appreciate them. Of course, they're also unreasonable and demanding, and they contribute very little to the relationship. And of course, most narcissists, this is a big identifier of almost all narcissists, as a matter of fact, on the toxic level, they have no empathy. They, um, they sneer at you. They're very, very, they love contempt. They love to act like they're better than you. And, uh, you know, and other people too. And they're overcritical. And they're unwilling to discuss your feelings because they don't even see those feelings as real or relevant. And, of course, they lack insight into themselves and their own behavior. And they lack appreciation of you and of your feelings, your values, and generally yourself. You understand? All right. So now that we've got that uh, figured out, how do we deal with them when they go into the gaslighting mode where they're trying to make us feel crazy or the manipulation mode where they're trying to just do whatever they can to get what they want? Let's talk about it. But first, let's get some coffee, shall we? Got the coffee. Let's carry on, shall we? Hmm. So obviously, the first and best way to deal with the narcissist is to not deal with the narcissist. And it's very tempting for us as empaths to go, but... I can change him or her. I understand them and I know what they are and maybe I can help them heal their core wound. You can't. And that's the thing that sucks. Um, you know, it's just like when you're watching a, a movie and you know that, you know, the villain is about to, you know, <laughs> get the, like, like, like a horror movie, you know, and, and like say, I don't know, Jason or somebody, some, some horror movie character is about to get the, the heroine of the movie and she if only she just wouldn't you know go out the back door in the woods by herself at night she wouldn't die and and you might be screaming at the tv don't do it don't do it guess what you know how effective that is right it's not because obviously the movie's already been made same deal with the narcissist if it's just like if you're screaming at someone on the tv they don't hear you just like that does that make sense and you know so blah blah get out now Obviously, that's the most obvious answer, and it's not one that always is real and not one that works in people's lives. So let's get some real answers, shall we? So this one's not going to be popular either, but it's the truth. If you want to deal with a narcissist, you have to be prepared to either kiss up or, well, shut up. What do I mean by that? Y'all know that when you're dealing with a narcissist, if you are doing what they want you to do and how, how being who they want you to be. So if you want to deal with a narcissist, you have to be prepared to communicate effectively with them. And the only way to do that is to admire them, their achievements, their toys, everything they have, everything they are. That's how you deal with a narcissist. You treat the narcissist as though he or she is your hero, your most, you know, profound, amazing person that you can't get enough of, blah, blah, blah. Y'all know the deal, right? That's what you do. If you don't admire everything about them and follow them around and do all the goodness, that they want uh, and all the butt kissing that they like, you will end up um, dealing with narcissistic injury. Oh, poor me, poor narcissist, blah, blah. And that's equally frustrating in some ways because uh, they, they do the whole victim thing. They do the whole nobody loves me thing and can be overwhelming and stressful for you. And so, so one way to ease that if you're still dealing with them is to just, oh, you're so amazing. Blah, blah, blah. That's what they want you to say. You feel me? I know that if you reject a narcissist, they freak out. If you act weak, they'll try to victimize you. If you act stressed out, they'll try to add stress to your plate. If you um, expose them or try to, they'll hate you forever and they'll smear campaign you. It's just not worth your time or your energy, is it? So if you can't get away with them and you don't know what to do, where do you go from here? How do you deal? First thing you can do is accept your limits. Um, accept their limits. The fact is that, you know, narcissists aren't fair. They are just about themselves, and quite honestly, um, they will always do whatever they can to make their day easier, and they don't really care how they affect you. So if you want something from them or you need something from them, you get it up front, okay? So you don't, you know, extend credit. For example, if, if you say to a narcissist, if you take out the trash, I will pack your lunch today for work, for example. Lame example, but just go with me on that. 
the narcissist would, if you made the lunch first, the narcissist would likely grab the lunch and go and the trash would still be there. But if you make them take out the trash before you pack the lunch, you might get something done. So always expect payment up front for any type of favors or, or exchanges of favors with a narcissist. Another thing you can do is treat a narcissist like a little child. And what I mean by that is when they do anything good, you recognize it. You go, oh, okay, that's a good thing they did. Good job, good job. You're so amazing. Oh, my God, you're so amazing. How did you get so amazing? Because you see, then you're, you're combining the desired result, which is getting things done, an act of kindness, something like that, with what the narcissist wants, the supply they need, which is, oh, my God, you're so amazing. Admiration. You feel me? Not the best thing, but it works. This one's really good. Another way you can shut down a narcissist is to ask them how other people would see what they're doing. What would people think about that, okay? Now, this only works if you're in a position to advise them on something, but let's, you know, we, we have to understand that narcissists don't care how people think or feel, but they do care about their appearance, okay? So, you know, the way that they appear to groups of people or people who they consider as good as them or better than them, you know, which usually doesn't include their primary source of supply, sadly. Um, so instead of don't tell, instead of telling them how people would react, you might ask questions like, you know, would would you know Pastor So and So be disappointed if he heard this about you, or or how how do you think that you know Joe Blow down at your office would feel about it? Sometimes it doesn't always work, but with some narcissists, this will help them reframe it in, in a way that it could work. And again, it's. You have to be careful with this one. It does work in certain cases, but if you're being physically abused or if you're f afraid for your safety, you can't use this one um, because it might upset the narcissist more than you realize. So be careful. Ultimately, the best thing you can do to shut down a narcissist is use the gray rock, the gray rock practice, uh, which is where you just when they're when they're gaslighting, when they're when they're going through the narcissistic injury, when they're trying to manipulate you, you just don't give the appearance of any sort of emotion. Um, you, you know, for example, if the narcissist says to you, you know, gosh, you're not very smart, are you? You really, you really, um, you know, that big nose of yours, it, it, it misleads people. They, they see that big nose, they think smart person, but you're just not smart. You know, what's the best way to deal with that? Well, here it is. Watch. Oh yeah. That's, that's interesting that you think that. See how there was no expression on my face, no emotion at all. Yeah. Ray Rock. It may not look like a big deal, but the narcissist wants that from you. They want those emotions. They want you to be upset that they insulted you and they want you to cry. They want you to be angry. And if you don't give them that, that's boring to them. That's no supply. You're not giving them the supply they want. And so if you don't give them that, they will usually turn around and go look for a different way to get attention. So something to think about. So if you're still dealing with a narcissist, make sure you give yourself permission to not think about them 24-7. And make sure you give yourself permission to not put their needs before yours. You've been conditioned in this relationship to do just that, so it's something to consider. All right, I'm going to wrap it up for you guys today. I'll see you um, probably tomorrow with another video. If you have more questions on how to shut down a narcissist, just leave them in the comments section below. And I'll see you soon. As always, thanks for being a part of my day and a part of my life. And hey, thanks for letting me be a part of yours. It does mean a lot to me. Hey there, it's Angie Atkinson with QueenBeing.com and today we're going to talk about one of these topics, one of the many topics that was handed to me by my span group and today's topic is what do you do if you see your narcissist in public after you've gone no contact? Let's get started. Alright, so here we go. Bottom line, it's just so simple. First of all, you don't know how the person's going to react, so think ahead. Plan ahead. Decide what it is that you're going to do when you see your narcissist and then do it when you see him or her. Okay? So something I tell my clients is, you know, to write down two or three sentences that you think would be appropriate to say to your narcissist when or if you happen to run into them if you are forced to talk to them. Okay? Ideally, you don't want to draw attention to yourself if you see the narcissist. Um, now, in a normal breakup, you might want to just walk over and say, hey, how you doing? Are you okay? Is life good for you? Blah, blah, blah. But in a breakup with a narcissist, it's a whole different ball of wax and you know that. There's a reason you went no contact with this person, right? And this is true if you're dealing with a, um, you know, a parent or, or a, a 
you know, family member or a former boss or a former coworker or a former friend, anyone that you've had to go no contact with who's, you know, a narcissist of a toxic nature is someone you're going to have to do this with. Okay. So again, don't engage the person unless, you know, unless you're forced to. Don't draw attention to yourself. Do whatever you can to, you know, if you need to leave the party early, go ahead and do it. Don't put yourself in harm's way, and I mean emotionally or physically, okay? If you are forced to speak with a narcissist, do so as dryly as possible. Don't get into any heavy topics, and if the narcissist tries to do that, then you say, you know what, we'll have to talk about that later, or whatever it is that you can say. Stay gray rock meaning you don't give the narcissist any emotional reaction because I promise you my friend that's what they want whether it's you cry because you have you know you haven't seen him in so long or it's you know that you get angry because they they trigger something in you or or you you know you get scared whatever don't give them any reaction even if you feel something inside of yourself don't give the narcissist the pleasure of seeing it because what's going to happen if you do that is you're actually going to feed him or her more okay the narcissist is going to get supply from you if he or she can get a reaction from you you feel me don't give them the reaction that they want because if you can avoid that you know you maintain the power all right remember you're in control this is your life now you're not with that person anymore whether it was your choice or not it's your life now and it's time for you to take back your life take back your power and start to decide how it's gonna happen okay so do me a favor take a few minutes after you finish this video or pause it and then come right back and write down two or three things that you you know you might want to say to your narcissist if you have to if you have to speak to him or her you know um, you might want to have a, a line regarding no contact you know I've gone no contact with you because I simply need to stay healthy in my life and when I'm around you I don't feel very healthy there you go whatever you want to say okay alright so if you can do that, write down those three things and then come up with, you know, uh, m memorize them. And so if, if you are in a position to, you know, where you have to speak to the narcissist, you know, because you have been spotted and they have, you know, cornered you and you have no choice but to speak to him or her, you, you, you do employ the grave rock method and then you simply say your three or four sentences or two or three sentences that you have created for this purpose and nothing more. Okay, you can answer politely. You don't have to be rude, um, but you certainly are within your rights if you have the strength to do it to just turn and walk away. You aren't required to speak to the narcissist. And, um, you know, if you've been under any sort of physical attack or abuse by the narcissist, then, you know, you might want to go ahead and get a restraining order if, if they're still bothering you in your life or if you know if you fear whether they're physically or mentally abusive if you fear for your safety because of what you've gone through with them and you keep running into them this is a whole other issue okay I'm talking about the times that you run into someone innocently in public okay so alright now since I know that's really hard and I know that when especially if you see him or her with a new supply which you know a new, it's gonna be even harder um, I'm gonna go ahead and share with you the next steps here okay so these are the top 10 ways that you can help yourself move on after you've gone through this type of a relationship. All right. Okay. <laughs> so we all know that, you know, going through a narcissistic relationship is very painful in the first place. Okay. And we also know that any relationship breaking, you know, ending is difficult, whether you're ending a relationship with a parent or you know a spouse or a child or a neighbor or a boss anybody who you're dealing with on a regular basis who is no longer going to be part of your life because of their own horrible behavior uh, you know is someone that you may run into and may find yourself feeling uncomfortable okay so obviously in many cases people will just rebound into another relationship you know <laughs> we all know why they're called rebound relationships they don't last and um, you know if they do in the case of someone who's been abused by a narcissist it actually could not it could be for the worse uh, because you very very easily could fall in with another narcissist okay so if I'm you at this point I'm gonna take advantage of your new freedom okay by taking a minute away from that stuff and learning from the past and recreating your life you know a breakup a divorce whatever it can ultimately be a positive experience especially when you're getting away from a narcissist not only are you stronger than most people when you do that get through that but you know you can actually take some time now to decide what you want your life to look like and spend some time turning it into that you know I took um, 
gosh, it was just a little over a year to, you know, um, I, I kind of decided to myself because I left my ex-husband and I waited three months to file for divorce and then it took another nine months for the divorce to go through. And so, so I guess I thought, you know, well, I'm going to wait until after I get divorced legally. And it certainly wasn't anything to do with being faithful to my husband in that case, because I wasn't even living with him at that point. Uh, it was simply because I wanted to keep my own head clear and straight and, and I wanted to figure out who I was again, because I really didn't know. You know what I'm saying? So just a little tip from me to you. Uh, anyway, so if I'm you, I'm going to try to learn from my failed relationship, clear my head, prepare myself for my future, whether that's with a partner or, you know, uh, new family members or, or whatever. You know, sometimes your, your friends kind of become your family, right? So step number one, make sure you learn from it. Every failed relationship, good or bad, is going to provide at least one significant lesson. And y'all know when we're dealing with a narcissist, there are like about a hundred significant lessons or a gazillion, you know what I'm saying? But in your case, you know, you want to kind of choose two or three significant lessons that you learned. Plus, start educating yourself on narcissism and narcissistic personality disorder so that you can avoid this in the future, okay? Um, relationships, you know... <laughs> in general fail because you know you made a bad choice in partner or a partner made a bad choice in you and in this case it wasn't really your fault you kind of got sucked in by someone who pretended to be something they really weren't and you probably thought you had met your soulmate and you know here you were <laughs> one day shock upon shock and all of it came crashing down around you right so like I said, do your research, figure out where you went wrong, figure out what you need to look for, what are the red flag signs, I'll put a little link up there for you about that, uh, you know, and if you never, uh, you know, repeated any of your relationship er errors, if you could like, you know, take, 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 you know, take stock of all the ones that you've made and, 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 and you could, you know, be guaranteed to find the right person, it would be so easy, right? But, you know, life doesn't always go that way. So, Take, it, take your time. Use the first few weeks to think about, you know, the relationship that you just got out of and consider what made it toxic and what you can do to avoid that in the future, okay? Um, you know, and number two, let go. Um, unless there are children involved, go no contact. I mean, just do it. Resist the tendency to accidentally run into them if you can. And, you know, make sure you steer clear of the places that you know they'll be when you know they'll be there. You know their schedule, you know what I'm saying? Don't send late night text messages, drunk texts or any of that stuff, and don't stalk them on Facebook. You know what? Instead of stalking, <laughs> I say block them on Facebook, block them on Instagram, block them on, you know, Twitter, Snapchat, all those things. Take them off your social media accounts. It's just temptation for you to fall back into your old bad habits, and, you know, I hate to put it the way I'm about to put it, but like we've talked about before, you know, um, it's almost like a drug. So be aware, okay? So take anything that reminds you of that person, box it up and throw it out, put it in the garage, whatever, get it out of your house, out of your, out of your eyesight anyway, okay? Just a tip. Number three, <sighs> forgive, all right? We've talked about this a little bit before, but here's how it goes. You know, in, in a normal relationship that ends um, for, for, you know, mutual reasons or, you know, normal incompatibility issues or whatever, there's a whole other ball of wax. But when we're talking about a toxic relationship, it's incredibly hard to forgive somebody. I've told this story once before. I'm going to tell it real quick again. But uh, there was a time in my life when I had a situation with a with a person I was, you know, dealing with, uh, a narcissist who was actually just mostly on a platonic level, except that this person tried to take it beyond that. Uh, but anyway, um, at that time, I found myself feeling very angry and feeling like I, I, you know, I, after I got out of the situation and I went no contact, I, I had this leftover anger in the back of my head. And so what I did was, you know, I, I, I actually wrote the person a letter and I ended up tearing, you know, I actually burnt the letter when I was finished, but I, I initially I intended to send it to them and I wrote it down and I, I wrote down everything that I had in my head and my heart and all the bad words I wanted to say and all the horrible things that I felt and thought and I put them down on paper and then I burned the paper and then I felt better. Um, I have suggested this to clients and they have found some peace in it. Another thing that's actually been working well for people um, and it was suggested by one of my clients because I made a video with the members of the SPAN group um, where I we did I think it was 103 things you no longer have to deal with when you um, go no contact with a narcissist so I'll put that up there for you uh, but anyway when you do that um, if you watch that video you know what what my people have been doing is they've been writing down 
things they don't have to deal with when they go no contact with a narcissist. It's good stuff. All right. So don't, you know, just because you forgive the narcissist doesn't mean that they are forgiven. It just, it doesn't mean that, that you're forgetting. And it doesn't mean that you have to tell them. This is not for them. It's for you. You feel me? Because once you are past the point of having to take action to leave them, now you're to the point where you need to put your, you know, put your intention toward moving forward in your own life. And if you don't release that, that pain by forgiving that person, you can't move forward. You feel me? All right. Number four, take care of yourself. You know, it's so easy to like not take showers, sit in front of the TV in your sweats and your scrunchies or baseball hats, whatever. Avoid the gym, you know, all those things. Um, but the fact is that it's important to keep taking care of yourself, maybe more now than ever. So, you know, take your shower, girl, guy, whatever. Spend time with your friends. Maintain your normal routine. Okay. Um, in fact, if you're me, like if you're like me, you probably want to step it up a little bit. You know, why not get a new hair color if you're female or go out and, you know, if you're a guy, take your sister out and have her help you pick out some new clothes so that you can feel freshened up and get a new haircut, shave a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Change your look up. It, it really does change your, your whole perspective sometimes. All right. Number five, get your life in order. This is a great time to shore up bad stuff, you know, figure out what it is that's not working, what is working and you know, switch it up. Now, right now you're in a time of transition anyway. So take, you know, focus on, like I said, focus on where you want your life to go from here because you get to pick. It's your choice. Isn't that awesome? (laughs) I think so. Anyway, so if you hate your job, find a new one. If you don't have a job, find a job that you like, not just a job. Make sure your money, you know, your finances are in order. Um, Get in shape. Feel good about your life before and yourself before you start dating again. So I guess my, my bottom line is, Get your life in order. It's 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 a process, and if you have been in a position where you have been, um, you know, so oppressed by so many people for so long, you know, you, it's going to be a process for you, honey. You're you're going to have to take a minute. Don't don't beat yourself up about it. You got time, you know. Get your life in order. Take some time to decide what you want your life to look like and start working toward that. All right. Okay. You know, remember when you're ready to start dating, you definitely want to have a great life to share with that person, right? Rather than finding someone to fill in the gaps and solve all the challenges in your life, you got to fix your life first. Because A, you're going to be a much more attractive partner if you do that. And B, if you do find someone who's willing to come in and fill up all the gaps and rush in to make everything all better for you, you know what you're dealing with, right? Potentially a narcissist. Because remember, narcissists, one of the biggest red flags of narcissists in, you know, early in a relationship is that they jump right in with both feet. They say the L word too soon. You know, they love bomb you. They tell you you're amazing. They put you up on a pedestal. They make you feel like nothing can hold you down. And then when you finally, you know, jump, you know, into it with both arms and your whole heart, you know, inevitably you're smacked down by the, the cold hand of reality, which is, you know, <laughs> The, the love bombing ends and now you go through the devalue and the discard and all the other stuff. It's just, it's, it's exhausting and nobody wants that. So why, you know, do, do your best to avoid that in the future, right? So that, that's why you take the time to do what you need to do. All right. Number six. So let's say, you know, you're still living in the same house that, that you lived in with the narcissist, but the narcissist moved out. Or let's say that you've got a new place um, and, you know, you're just not feeling it, right? Well, now's the time to kind of change it up, you know, create a whole new environment for yourself, make it yours, move the furniture around, buy a gallon of paint, redo the dining room, you know, give yourself a fresh start. And something I tell my clients is, you know what, you know, as you're about to move into your new place, take a minute and pick up your, you know, go go to Pier 1 or go to the, you know, the Goodwill or the Salvation Army or, you know, Walmart, if you really want to, I mean, any, any place that sells pretties, you know, little nicky necky things and, you know, find yourself something beautiful and it doesn't have to be expensive. Find yourself something beautiful that makes you smile when you see it, that makes your heart feel warm, kind of jump a little bit and, and put it in your new home and make it yours. You know, um, one object can often be enough to kind of help you, you know, stay focused. And, you know, I, I, I was, Gosh, I was 23 years old and a single mom, and I was kind of broke as a joke when I when I became a single mom, and you know after I got divorced, and so I went to Pier One and I bought this seven dollar candle holder. I still have it on my entryway table now, uh, which I did not have an entryway table then, obviously, but uh, but I bought it, and it absolutely was you know a transitional object for me. It was beautiful. I loved it. It made my heart smile, and I recommend it to my clients. I say, you know what, go pick yourself up something pretty that makes you feel like it, it's yours, and and put it in your home in a place where you can see it and every time you see it think of it you know 
you know, think of the fact that you get to run your life now, you control your life, you got to take back your life, and that's kind of amazing, you know, something to think about. <laughs> Alrighty, number seven, find a new hobby. Now, you know there's something you've always wanted to do, but you never did because you never thought you could or you never thought your narcissist would let you. Guess what, honey? Now's the perfect time to do it, okay? One of my clients has this amazing singing voice. <sighs> anyway, you know who you are, girl. Um, <laughs> and she is now, I'm so excited, I'm hoping that she's really going to move into actually trying to produce some of her, more of her music um, so that's really exciting for her but you could do something like that you know if you're into music or maybe you want to take a pottery class buy a violin or pull out your old clarinet or maybe you want to join a bowling league you can meet some cool people there uh, you know do something different add something new and fun to your life you know something that was always a love for me was painting and when I was dealing with my narcissist I stopped painting entirely and uh, when I you know when I found myself free again I the creative juice came right back out and it was amazing so you know and of course I've always written and I've always done these things but you know find a creative pursuit or you know learn to play golf or like join a basketball team or you know whatever go just go do something you know go to one of those mall walk clubs or something or you know go dancing with your girlfriends at a real club <laughs> whatever have fun get out change it up do something different than you usually do and especially if there's a hobby that you've always wanted to do or, or a passion that you've always wanted to pursue, now's the time, okay? You were held back for so long by the narcissist and you deserve to be happy. And one of the things that's going to make you happy is to find that thing in yourself that makes your heart sing, the thing that makes you get up out of bed in the morning, excited to wake up for your day. Do you know that every single day I get out of bed excited to wake up for my day because I love what I do so much? You can have that too, my friend. It's not that hard. I mean, okay, it's hard. It's work. But it's not work in the respect of, you know, like you're working in a factory or something. It's it's work that matters to you. And so it feels more like a mission, more like you're doing something that's, you know, you're divinely driven to do. I don't know. It feels good to me. And I think most people, you know, whether it's a hobby or, or a, a passion or whatever, they can do it. All right, moving along. Number eight, look. Enjoy being single, my friend. <laughs> there are serious disadvantages to being in a relationship, and I bet you 10 bucks you could probably list them all right now, okay? <laughs> and especially when that relationship is toxic, okay? So if I'm you, like I said before, don't start a new relationship right away. Enjoy your freedom. Spend more time with your friends and your family. Do things you haven't done in a long time. Get reconnected with the people in your life that are important to you, that matter to you outside of the narcissist, the people that you were disconnected from during that relationship because you know there are people like that in your life. Maybe you need to reach back out to them. Maybe this is an important time for you to s sort of reconnect with people, find some new people to connect with. Check out my video last week I did about um, making new friends after you and the relationship with a narcissist. I'll try to remember to put that up there for you as well. All right. Number nine, make a list. Oh, make a list of what you'd like in a potential partner. All right. I've said this to my clients too. When you start to think you're ready for dating again, start really deciding what you're looking for. You know, I always tell people it's like, like they say in the secret, you know, order it up from the universe, you know, oh, here's a catalog, write down what you want. And, and, you know, uh, so, you know, I, I did this when I met my husband, I sat down and I wrote a list of all the things that I wanted in, in a relationship and in a man when I was ready. And, and I just put it away and forgot about it. And it actually worked out pretty well. I pretty much got what I wanted, but just be really, really specific on your list. <laughs> just play it. No, I'm not. Be specific. Think about your past relationships. Put together a, des a description of what you want in a new partner. Start looking, but avoid, you know, uh, you know, stick to your list of requirements. Don't fall into old patterns, but make sure that your requirements are not ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? Like, like in that movie, Practical Magic, you know, she's like, um, he has to have one green eye, one blue eye, those kinds of things. You know, that's not really legit. What, what, what I'm, if I'm you, I'm going to focus. I mean, obviously you want to be physically attracted to your partner if you're, if it's a, a romantic relationship, but in addition to, you know, and so if you have certain, you know, uh, un, unexpected, uh, if you have certain required limits for that person, certainly write those down, okay? Uh, but but write down the, the types of qualities that you want in them, that th things that are, you know, that mean something, right? Things that once the looks fade and go away, will still be there. You know, you want somebody who listens to you, right? You want someone who actually hears you and who isn't pretending to be someone they're not. You want someone who's honest with you and, and yet also sensitive to your feelings. Sensitive. And they need to have empathy. Okay, those are some really quick, you know, quick and dirties that you can do to, to, you know, do they have empathy? 
do they always talk about themselves and never listen to you when you talk about yourself? Do they get bored when you speak? Do they listen, grunt, and not respond? You know, look for those red flags, my friend. Take it slow. That's number 10. Take it slow. When you find a potential match, enjoy them. There's no rush. The fact of the matter is, you know, that when you're dealing with someone, when you're getting into a relationship with a new partner, you know, the fact that they're willing to be patient and to wait for you speaks so much of their intention, okay? And a narcissist will almost never be willing to wait for anyone, at least not for long, unless, of course, they're, you know, trying to work that person into some sort of personal challenge of theirs. But understand this, if that's happening, that narcissist is not waiting for you. They're still out there dating other people. You're just a little side project, okay? Don't let yourself be that. You're worth more than that, don't you think? I do. All right, so listen, moving on after a toxic relationship is painful, it's horrible, it's rough. However, there are so many silver linings to that cloud, okay? Biggest one being, now you get to decide what happens from here on out. And the second biggest one being, you get to decide who you are. That's freaking amazing, my friend. You literally get to decide who you are, okay? For so long, you have been defined by someone else, and now you get to be defined by solely you, all right? So look. This is the perfect time for you to examine yourself, make positive changes in your life, and there's really no reason for you to hurry up and, and find a new person to be with, okay? Please take your time, move on from the past before you jump into a new relationship because that is only going to cause you more pain, okay? Give yourself the time you need to find yourself again, heal, find yourself some sort of a hobby, something that makes you feel good, something that feels good to you. Spend time with your kids if you have them, spend time with your friends, the ones that you're narcissist drove you away from all those years. Spend time with your family that your narcissist drove you away from. If you want to, whatever it is that feels good to you, do that. Avoid the narcissist if you can. If you must run into the narcissist or you accidentally run into the narcissist, keep it low-key. Avoid speaking if, you, if you're able to. If you're forced to speak to the narcissist, keep it. Keep an even keel. Gray rock them. Only respond yes and no, you know, to yes or no questions like yes or no answers, short as possible, no emotion, no reaction. That's the best way to go. All right. Okay. I hope I've answered your question. If you have additional questions about this topic, or if you want to offer advice to someone who has been in the you know, someone who might be in the situation right now for, for, you know, advice that worked for you, please leave me that information in the comments. I would love it if you would share your thoughts because I say this all the time, but every now and then, you know, a comment can change a person's life. I mean, how amazing would it be if you could just leave a comment and change a person's life? I love it. All right. I'm wrapping up for now. So let me just real quick hit up queenbeing.com right there if you would like to have uh, more information about narcissism, narcissistic abuse recovery, or um, narcissistic personality disorder. All right. Hit up uh, right here. You boom, boom. You can hit up. Um, NarcissismSupportCoach.com and right there that will um, take you to my free five-day email course as well as information about my coaching programs and then if you hit up BooksAngieWrote.com uh, that'll take you right to my Amazon page where there are 20 different books that I've written four of which are specifically focused on this topic all of which are written from the perspective of someone who had to turn her life around after narcissistic abuse and I think they'll help you so take a look and um, I'll see you tomorrow. Have a great week. Thank you so much.